What if you lived your life like there was nothing wrong with you? What if you stopped looking for reasons and answers as to why X, Y, and Z didn't work out the way you wanted it to? And what if we stopped letting our mental illnesses get in the way? What if we stopped letting them hold us back from the people that we want to actually become? What if I were to tell you that you could create your own identity, even if you struggle with mental illnesses? On today's episode, we are going to talk about how I changed my life and how I stopped letting my mental illnesses define me. And I'm going to tell you exactly how you can do the same. My name is Carissa Brown, and you are watching the Self-Care Conversations podcast. For today's podcast, I am drinking a peppermint hot chocolate from Trader Joe's. I would give it about an 8 out of 10. I love it. Not as much as the salted caramel hot chocolate from Starbucks. If you have not tried that, go to the grocery store right now and buy it. It's amazing. So when it comes to dealing with our mental illnesses, for me, I feel like I can speak on a few of them. I was diagnosed with bipolar 2 disorder, anxiety and depression disorder, and ADHD. So, you know, you name it, apparently I've got it. <laughs> Right now I'm not on any medication. I've learned my coping skills, kind of learned the way that my body works and the way my mind works, and that's what's been helping me. But I find that when it comes to changing your life and actually getting to a point where you actually feel good takes a lot of work, period. But when you deal with mental illnesses, it's 10 times harder. I see a lot of my friends that don't struggle with the same things as me and things like discipline and consistency and achieving their goals, it comes so easy to them. It was taught to them. It's something that flows in their life seamlessly. And for me, it's just never been that way. I'd like to think of my brain as just absolutely fucking chaotic. But within the last two to three years, I've really been able to take the time to understand my mind instead of trying to change it and my entire world has changed. When it comes to depression, anxiety, or any of these mental illnesses that you are dealing with, before you start trying to change your life, first you wanna figure out what your triggers are and come up with coping skills for when those triggers are presented to you. When you start to actually question yourself and the way that you're thinking, you can kind of catch yourself in these traps of like, oh my gosh, I was just triggered right there. Maybe I wanna take a step back and think, why did this just trigger me? Why did this little thing make me feel this type of way? There's a reason for it. So for an example, when I started to really study myself and kind of just pay a little bit more attention to the things that I was doing and the way that I was reacting to things, I was able to notice that when I felt anxious, I would avoid. I would avoid confrontation. I would avoid an opportunity if it caused me anxiety in my job. I would avoid going to the gym if I thought that there was too many people there. Any time that there was even a small amount of anxiety, my instant coping mechanism was to avoid it. To do everything in my power to avoid having to feel that anxiety that I already felt. <laughs> so when I was able to pinpoint exactly what it was that was hurting me and what it was that was holding me back, my anxiety, I was able to come up with a different coping mechanism. So going back to the example of me having anxiety to go to the gym, some coping skills that I've come up with that help me get to the gym, even on days that I'm feeling anxious, is setting out my workout outfit the night before, making sure that I have my workout ready the night before, basically making the habit as easy as possible so that I don't have to think as much. Because the more I think, the more I overthink, and the more anxiety that I get from overthinking. 
and if that still gives me anxiety I'll dive even deeper so maybe I'll do specifically like a shy girl workout where I'm only using dumbbells so I can go in the corner of the gym where nobody will see me or maybe I'll do an at-home workout that day The point is I'm still showing up despite my anxiety I'm not letting my anxiety hold me back from this habit that I want to implement into my life. So coming up with coping skills for when I'm feeling triggered in those moments and I'm feeling anxious in those moments, it just makes a world of a difference. I highly recommend it. Another thing that can really help you if you're struggling mentally, but you're still wanting to implement routines and consistency, I would highly recommend for you to practice affirmations. I highly recommend for you to try affirmations. I know that a lot of people think this is kind of like juju stuff, but it's really not. It's backed by science. It's honestly just psychology. Change the way that you talk about things, including yourself. Instead of saying, I have to get up and go to the gym today, change it to, I get to get up and go to the gym today. You're training your mind to look at it as more of a positive thing rather than looking at it as a chore or something that you're kind of dreading to do. Even when you do figure out the coping skills that work for you, it's really hard to remember every single one. So I wanna tell you something that helped me and that I think would help you too, if you struggle with having a lot of different negative emotions. And this could be for as big or as small of a situation as you want. I'll give you an example. When Justin is in a bad mood, I feel that mood. I literally feel the exact same way that he feels. If he wakes up and he's in a bad mood, it just ruins my entire entire day. I am literally such an empathetic person and I can feel the emotions of others. It's really hard for me not to let that affect my day. And it's really hard for me not to let that affect the way that I feel. However, at the same time, it's not Justin's responsibility to act like he's happy all the time just to make sure that I am. He's his own individual person and how he feels should be true to him. I shouldn't be taking on his feelings. So when I realize that I'm doing that to him, I will go and grab my coping card. So you have a card for every bad emotion or every mental block or everything that makes you feel triggered. You're going to write it on a card. One thing on one card. I think I have like 10 to 15 of these, so don't feel bad if you have a lot of them. Examples would be anxiety on one, not being able to focus, and you can get even more specific like the example that I gave you before with me and Justin. Just things that you get triggered with, things that you would like to change. And underneath that word, I want you to write all of the coping skills that help when you're going through that. Now this is gonna take time because obviously you have to go through these negative emotions and kind of talk to yourself like I told you before in the first tip in order to figure out what actually helps that negative emotion. But once you do figure that out, you're gonna write that coping skill down on this card so that when you go back and you have that trigger moment happen to you again, you can look at that coping card and you'll know exactly what it is that you need to do to get through that feeling and to be able to move past it. This system I did not make up myself is actually from a book called Unfuck Your Brain. It's one of the first books that I read in my self-development journey and I highly recommend it. I will link it in the show notes for you. Or if you follow me on my personal socials, I also have it in my Amazon storefront under self-development books. Different coping skills for a bunch of different negative emotions or triggers could be things like meditating, mental or physical grounding, tapping techniques, breathing techniques, journaling, music, and even exercise. Whatever it is that helps you, it's really different per person and you have to kind of dive deep to figure out what it is that helps you best, but it's gonna be different for different times. For example, when I'm feeling really overwhelmed, working out is the perfect coping skill for me. It is the best thing to get me out of my head and it makes me feel like I'm doing something for myself. However, reading is another coping skill I have, but not for when I'm feeling that way. 
because when I'm overthinking, I find it really hard to focus on reading something. I'll be sitting there reading the same page over and over because I'm still overthinking. Reading isn't really a coping skill for me when it comes to overthinking, but reading is such a good coping skill for me when I'm feeling anxious. So really just figuring out what works for you is absolutely key. If you want me to go through specific coping mechanisms for negative emotions, let me know and I can make an entire episode where we dive deep into all of the different coping skills that you can use to get through your negative emotions. Something that has really helped me upgrade my life when I'm dealing with mental illness is to try to be 1% better every day. I'm somebody who used to have that all or nothing mindset and I identified with it for so long that I was unable to stop being that all or nothing person. One way to get out of that way of thinking is to create an alter ego for yourself. I did this on my iPad, but you can do it on a piece of paper or even in your head. You can just create the perfect version of yourself. When you look back at your life when you're 90 years old, who is the person that you wanted to be? What are the things that you do? Who are the type of people that you were around? I want you to create this entire new character. Your end goal is to be this person. So here's where you really need to tune into yourself again. Next time that you catch yourself in a bad habit or questioning when you're trying to complete something that you know is going to be good for you, for example, going to the gym, I want you to ask yourself, what would my alter ego do? What would the character of the story I'm trying to write do? Every single time that I ask myself that, I end up being 10 times more productive throughout the day and I end up doing things for myself that make me feel confident and help me achieve my goals. This is helping me be 1% better every day. Having a mindset of being 1% better every day has gotten rid of my all or nothing mindset because even if I didn't have the absolute best workout and I just showed up to the gym for 15 minutes, and I didn't work out the day before, that's doing 1% better than I did yesterday. And that's all that matters. If I keep doing that, eventually it will catch up and I will achieve everything that I've ever wanted. This is a concept that I got from Atomic Habits. I highly recommend that book. That book changed my life. I will probably say that in every podcast whenever we're talking about routines or habits or changing your life because that book really did it for me. Again, I'll put that in the show notes and have that linked at my Amazon storefront if you follow me on my personal socials. Questioning yourself and asking yourself, is this what my alter ego would do, is going to help you achieve your goals, but also while having that 1% better mindset, that's going to help you approach all of your goals in a gentle way to help protect your mental health. Listen, I'm just gonna say this shit. In order to change your life if you struggle with mental health, you are going to have to learn how to master balance because I am telling you, it will make your mental health 10 times worse if you approach your goals with an all or nothing mindset. We're so used to being comfortable and complacent. Our body doesn't want us to change. It really doesn't. Our body wants to do what is easiest and changing growth is not it. But when we learn to enjoy the process, it's going to make your anxiety and sadness a little bit easier to cope with. So ways that I like to enjoy my growth journey is A, by filming it. I find that when I film and share my experience with you guys on my personal channel and on my personal social media platforms, I find that one, it keeps me so much more accountable because I know that people are watching and I know that people are gonna call me out if I'm not on my shit but it's also combining a hobby that I have, content creation, with something that I'm trying to achieve, 
growth in my life. And I'm very lucky because I'm able to monetize that and it's already my job. But even if you're just filming your journey for fun, I think that that can also motivate you to keep going. To be able to have something to look back at, oh, I just, I love it. I love, love, love documenting my life and at the end of the year, looking back on everything that I've done throughout that year to see how I've grown, to see how I've changed. It's beautiful, it's beautiful, I love it. I highly recommend it, even if you don't want content creation to be your job, it could honestly just be something fun to keep you accountable and to hold some memories. Another example would be having a strong community around you. My circle is really small. My circle is really small because I want the people who are surrounding me to be supportive in my goals and in the changes that I'm wanting to make in my life. I know that it is hard enough for me to get out of bed and hit these goals every day. And if I don't have people supporting me and I have people who are kind of pulling me away from doing the things that I want and need to do for myself, I'm going to fall into the trap. So I'm aware of that and I'm not embarrassed to say that and that alone gives me the control. And the best way to enjoy the process is to take things slow. Remember that 1% better mindset because slow progress is what's going to be sustainable. Keep your goals simple to avoid overwhelm. I find that because I have ADHD, Having a super detailed notion template of every single goal broken down from year to month to week to day is just not for me. That's way too overwhelming for my brain. I can barely keep focused for more than like 20 minutes at a time. So it's just, it doesn't work for me. Finding out how you learn and what works for you is the best way for you to make growth because what works for me may not work for you and that's okay the best way to figure out what does work from you trial and error try what I'm doing try what your friends doing try the YouTube video you find try everything because eventually you're gonna find something that's gonna work for you and you're gonna be like ah this is great or you're gonna find something that kind of works for you and you're gonna tweak it for yourself and create the perfect potion for your growth journey <laughs> Self-improvement can be hard when you struggle mentally, but I promise you that happiness and success is achievable for you. I hope that with these tips you can move forward on your self-improvement journey and not let your mental illnesses hold you back from being the best you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode, and I will see you next Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And don't forget that you can follow us on TikTok and Instagram under Self-Care Conversations Podcast.